I am Bill Cartwright with Living Right with Bill Cartwright. And this is the Stress Mastery Podcast, where we take you from the science to the spirituality of stress mastery. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stress Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Bill Cartwright, and I'm here with the super millennial David Barreto, giving us the millennial perspective. Big Dave, when are you going to visit your mother? <laughs> Whenever I get a chance. Oh, yeah. All right, Linda. I'm going to make sure Linda knows and get on your ass because you know she will hound you. What? Nothing? Nope. Silence? Yeah. You're a smart man. This week, our topic is connection. And today's Connection Thursday. We are discussing writing our life code. So you're going to like this episode. Coding is a process of transforming ideas, solutions, and instructions into a language that the computer can understand. You understand that, right? Yep. Well, the cage mind operates like a computer. We have the subconscious mind, which is set with the programming. This is the coding that was set as a child. The process set the child with a belief system. And this transforms the child's reality to fit within the tribe culture that they were born into you understand that you can see how the subconscious works as coding it mm -hmm. works exactly like a computer so the so the child this process set with the child this the coding program set the child's identity that's what it does and with instructions that come from this coding of a proper behavior to serve the tribe in actions likes and dislikes, and a habitual state is set, and this sets the child's routine to align with the coded programs and the tribe that they serve. So you can start to see how the programming worked for 200,000 years, right? It helps serve us, but the same operation still functions today. This is the process of the stages of human development. The challenge of this process is the coded identity is not who the child is. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's one of the big things that people don't realize that it's not you, even though that's who you thought you were this whole time. You know, it's amazing. That, that rewrite is huge. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the coding process. The coding that stems from the process is tied to the child's early experiences. So in stage one of development, the impulsive mind, the baby's brain is an open loop system. It's dependent, the baby is dependent on the parents or the caregiver's support, security, and emotional connection. In this stage of development, the baby is recording everything in the subconscious mind that takes place, every experience, every feeling, and all this energy of the environment is recorded. And these early coding experiences Early attachment experiences shape the child's brain structure, and this is creating programs as follows. The stimuli activates the neurological firing. This creates synaptic connections, synapses, between the neurons. And here's the thing. What fires together, wires together. So the baby's state creates biochemicals which are triggered and released. 
if that baby has secure attachments, which means they have security, they have connection, secure attachments between the parents and the baby, this triggers the release of dopamine. Dopamine creates pleasure, closeness, and motivation. It releases endorphins. These are these released endorphins reduces pain and enhances calmness and contentment. It releases serotonin. This releases this release of serotonin reduces stress and it releases oxytocin. And this relaxes, releases that fosters maternal behavior and bonding. That's if the coding is in secure attachment. Now, the early coding of the child has a lot to do with their brain development. If the child's early experiences make them feel insecure and they have insecure attachments, they will also release a cascade of hormones, except it's the stress hormones driven by cortisol. If the child doesn't feel seen, if they don't feel connected, if they don't feel approved of, if they don't feel safe to the from the parents, the programs from the coding process become the need to be seen, the need to belong. And this inhibits brain development in the child. This creates a condition as an adult called toxic stress syndrome. So toxic stress syndrome as an adult means your brain does not function normally. What does that mean? That's my brain, by the way. So I can explain. So when you have this environment as a baby, as a small child in stage one, that creates these insecure programs, right? These attachments. You don't feel safe. You don't have security. Well, toxic stress syndrome, the brain doesn't move out of the red zone to the green zone. It doesn't develop properly. So as an adult, what happens to these individuals is if they get stressed out, they can't get out of stress. This is when you see people that will be very anxious. They'll usually be depressed. They can be really, because the brain can't get out of the red zone. And so normal brain development is people go into red zone, right? And they get out, they go into the green zone, they resolve, they, they don't stay stuck in the alarm system because their brain has the capability of moving from the limbic brain to the cortex brain. Do you understand that? Yeah, I think that's the the loop that we, we always talk about when people are like, I don't know why I'm like this. It's, yes. It, it makes sense, but it doesn't to you. It's just normal to you. So if you look at the early coding, David, of the child's programmed identity, they are either held in secure or insecure attachments. This mm -hmm. is just the way the environment is. And these programs are held into implicit memory. What this means is this is stored in the subconscious mind. While these memories are unconscious, they still become part of the brain's limbic system. In other words, the red zone, right? The red zone brain. And this becomes a mindset which drives the programmed identity. And it drives the program identity and expectations that guides behaviors. For example, let me give you an example of this. Let's say you may have issues within the relationship life category. Because of your coding that you got as a baby or that first stage of development, you may fear intimate relationships. You fear abandonment. You fear betrayal. This could drive behavior to sell yourself out because you believe you must do so you can be loved right? That's doing, doing so you be loved. Or this could drive behavior to sabotage relationships, creating drama for no reason. 
everything starts going well in a relationship and you have to shake it up. That was me. I had to create drama. And, or this can actually drive behavior for the individual to shut down and avoid relationships altogether. But you have to understand your programming is held in memory and your memory started the moment you came out of the womb. That's what people don't realize it. So a lot of things we don't remember, and but it's created part of our identity and it is affecting your behavior, whether you're aware of it or not. All you have to do, if you can slow down and look at your behavior, you will see if you do the same thing over and over again and it's not a positive result, you're being driven by a program. Your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, the, the, the fact that, mo- like you said, people don't realize that they're doing it is the reason why I think, you know, why people don't change. And that's why they're so defensive on the actions that they take is because you say, well, you're, you're not making your decisions. Yeah, they think they are because sure. nobody's actually telling them anymore to make those decisions. They're wired that way. So they feel like they're making their own decisions. So that's, that, that became one of the hardest parts for me to realize that, no, I guess I haven't been making any these decisions because in the beginning, those decisions were made for me and I learned to just continue it without having to hear it. Very good. Cause what David just said is it's an understanding that we cannot change the function and operation of the human being. Every human is coded with a program identity as a child, every single one of us. And the human being is hardwired for behavior from this coded programmed identity, right? And you had nothing to do with that identity. It was something that was happening in your environment. So our memory is a program, right? This is held in the cage mind and it drives behavior from the program. Our memory drives behavior to set that behavior set in the past in the current reality. So our past is now we're having the same behavior, the same issue in the present. This is a habit, people. That's what a habit is. This is our routine, what we avoid, what we damn, what we want, what we resent, what we regret, what we fear is all programming coded to maintain our current reality. Yet. None of this is you. You are not what you do. You are not what happened to you. You are not what others have told you you were. None of this is you. And to change your life, you must rewrite your life code. It's that, it, this, there's no other way to change. What we're teaching you is absolute truth. Anybody can come on here. Anybody want to come on the podcast and debate it? I have a wide open invitation for anybody to come in and debate this with me. Or David, because he understands it as well as I do. It's just the way the human being functions and operates. You cannot change 200,000 years of development for the homo sapien. You just can't do it. Mm -hmm. So in order to change, you have to understand that you have to rewrite your life code. Your thoughts, David? Yeah, that was the process that became kind of um, uncomfortable in in the beginning because it's the first time it's like uh you know when the high school leaves high school and they're like i'm an adult what do i do now that was the moment where i realized that oh i'm becoming me what do i do now now the actions that i was so comfortable with taking i had to question was that something i actually wanted to do or is that just because i've been doing it for so long and it kind of puts you at the fork road every time you have to make a decision because you're questioning 
is this me or this my parents or my teachers from the third grade that day that caused this? Like, it's such a, you almost have to backtrack and, and start to go down an uncomfortable road to become comfortable with making your own decisions. Because the coding is also tied in culture, in generations, in rules, in society, right? The, co- the coding is, is not just from our parents. It's from our, from, it's from passed on from generation to generation. And the coding is telling you who you are and what you should be doing and what you should not be doing. And that's wonderful if society never changed. It worked for 200,000 years because society didn't change. They were hunter and gatherers for 200,000 years. Nothing changed. And it worked perfectly. All of a sudden, they become farmers. Wait a minute. This doesn't fit this coding. What are you talking about? And then they become, you know, industrial workers. Oh, wait a minute. That doesn't fit this coding. And now we're in the connection society, right? And we're becoming an information society. And this doesn't fit the coding. And so the, what used to take hundreds of years to change, thousands of years to change, well, now it changes every couple of years, every five years, mm-hmm. right? And the coding doesn't match. See, this is important. You cannot try to change the personality. You cannot change the ego. You cannot change the programmed identity. You must erase or let go of the old coding, the old identity, the old personalized self. And you must then self-author and rewrite a new code to create a new identity. But in consciously doing this process, you code this new identity, your self-authored identity, that means you self-author this from your true self. You write a code for an identity in all five life categories that supports you, your true self, your purpose, your true values, spirit. This is, this is the difference. That is stage four of development. You're recoding. You're rewriting your code. You are rewriting your code. That's that's a big statement to make right now. You can't change personality. Your personality is something that was coded. How can you change personality when it's not you? It's not you. It's right. It's, it's programming. Does that make sense? Or does it, did I get weird again? Yeah. I I, I think, you know, the, the funny thing is I thought like the way that I acted or, you know, like you said, you can't change personality. I, I realized that some of the things that I did wasn't because of me. You know, and I was doing it and and that personality or that persona that you were putting on was actually kind of uncomfortable rather than like your natural, your normal of who you were, you know. And then when I started to do that, I was like, oh, man, it's easier to, you know, be this way rather than to almost act this way because I thought I was supposed to act that way. You know, right. when you said like, you know, boys don't cry this and then you're like, why am I such an emotional guy? I got to hold it in, you know, and then when you finally let it out, like, oh, that feels normal. I think that's the part where people are starting to realize who they are as themselves. Exactly. And, you know, when we, when we talk about you can't change the personality self, when you make statements like I have a slow metabolism or I can't diet or I don't, I, I can't drink water, I can't, that's a personalized self. You're not changing that. Mm-hmm. You have to literally let that go and rewrite it because it's not true. It's a program, it's a program identity driving behavior. And it's setting your reality, but that reality is held a routine. And if you're not happy with that routine and that reality, you have to change it. You can't change the personality because it's not you. It's just, you know, I know it sounds crazy. And if you look at it, as you climb your mountain, this is what we mean by climbing the mountain, right? When you are 
writing your code, you leave the valley. That was the the coding that was set for your programmed identity. And you climb your mountain and write your life code, you let go of the coding and programmed identity set as a child, buried deep in the valley. So we just talked about how how deep these roots can be in the valley, you know, because you got to let go of things that you, when we talk about the want of approval and the relationship category and the want to belong and that magnetic desire, that's usually a deep rooted let go that's deep in the valley that happened in your first years of life. So it's like when we talk about change, yeah, it's some work and it gets deep. But those early experiences as a child will create attachment patterns. And these may be secure, like I said, or insecure attachments. But I tell you this for a fact, it doesn't matter. I was a child who experienced insecure attachment coding, including lack of love, abandonment, trauma and abuse. And I was able to let this go and write a new code that enhanced my relationship life category, especially the relationship with myself and my self-worth. But I had to deal with toxic stress syndrome. And I had to deal with that because that's how my brain works. And how did I do that? By establishing coding and writing a new code to build a routine that turned on the green zone and managed the red zone. And this is a lot of the things that you are learning in stress mastery because that's what I had to learn. If I don't set and close my day, if I don't work the way I work and do the things I do, I get stuck in a red zone. I can't change the way my brain operates. Mm-hmm. And so I have to consciously do that. But you know, now I will say it's not consciously doing it anymore. It's part of the identity. It's unconscious. of your behavior is driven by the subconscious mind. If you write the code, guess what? I don't have to think about working out tomorrow. I don't have to think about drinking my water. I don't have to think about going to bed and getting sleep. I don't have to think about diet exercise. I don't have to think about green folks power hour because it's automatic. It's coded. It's set. It's a program. It's part of the identity I wrote. Does that make sense, Dave? Yeah, you know, we used a, a great example in one of our, our business meetings where we talked about how the first iPhone had a bunch of kinks to figure out. And that's the same thing when it comes to, like, kind of, you know, recoding yourself. Your first set of codes probably going to suck, you know. And that's where most people are like, I'm cutting out all sugar. I'm only drinking water. After Your intentions were there. But you need to start figuring out what works for you. And by trial and error, as soon as you start to do it, like Bill said, like, I didn't want to wake up every day to go to the gym or weigh out my foods and stuff. Now I don't think about it. When I take something out the fridge or something like I'm going to eat it, my phone comes out and the scale comes out. It's like autopilot. And that's because we've written it so well to fit within us. Now, if you try to copy paste from someone else, then you're just doing exactly what you were doing when you were a child. It's just taking somebody else's, you know, coding, putting it in and hoping it works. Exactly. And so when we talk about rewriting code, you have to rewrite your code set to your true self. And to free your true self, this is really what writing your code is to free your true self because your true self is there. You were born, you're born in your purpose, you're born, it's who you are, but it gets buried. And so you must understand the essence of the human being, the biological essence, how the body supports the mind, the social essence. This is the reality you live in. This is the routine you have. These are the habits you carry. These are your belief systems and your spiritual essence. Who are you? What is your purpose? What is your true values? What is your connection to heart? Now, David, your transformation. So, People might listen to your story and your transformation 
was in the health life category, you decide to do a bodybuilding show, you set your mind to it, you get on path and you don't quit no matter what. And you end up losing 135 pounds and you do all these things, right? But more than that happened than just getting to the bodybuilding contest. You had to learn how to deal with the old identity and not just in one life category, in all five life categories. Because when you make a big transformation like that, that's why I, the first two steps of stress mastery are diet and exercise. Not only because the body supports the mind, if you really master that, you're going to have to master other aspects of your reality and your routine. You have to change your routine. You have to start going to bed earlier. You have to start working. You have to start letting go of old programs. Think about all the things you did to go from point A to point Z and all the challenges in between are what created your shift. That's how you rewrote your entire coding for your entire identity. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, no, I think that that, that is exactly in the moment that the, I realized that I had kind of the tool or, you know, what I was saying, like the superpower to do it was I had awareness of doing like, you know, just hanging out with friends. Oh, no, this is what I used to do. Can I still do this and achieve my goals? And then it's like, no. Okay, well, the, the boys just got online. It's 10 o'clock. Do I play or go to sleep? And I really had asked myself, can I still do this and achieve what I want? And that was kind of going on back and forth. I mean, every, even the small things to the way I, I plan my grocery shopping, like all of that, I had to constantly ask, is this the new David? Or is this just, you know, a, a flashback of, you know, old David kind of creeping in. And now, you know, it's funny. I don't have those. But what it does, it's like almost like a when you find a fossil, you're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, it doesn't yes. affect me now, but it's kind of cool that you tried. <laughs> but do you see how you went through this whole transformation? See, to understand the process and to rewrite a life code, you have to understand you. How does your purpose function? What is your swing? You know, what is your pendulum swing, your purpose? We've been talking about all the purposes. We've been doing the whole series on every, every week on the purposes. How, how is your reality held in your current coding and behavior? That's what David was saying. How is his reality being held in his routine? He was gaming. He was doing this. Oh, I can't do that anymore. Or I can't do this. So what's happening is He's changing his routine. And when he changes his routine, he has to let go of the old identity that want, that lived in the old routine, and he's coding a new identity. Now, this routine is changing his reality. He's starting to see a new world. He's starting to write his, his coding. And you have to understand your current coding and behavior, like he said, that doesn't serve me for where I want to go. So that one big goal that he did, that, that, that people would have said was impossible if you saw David before, and he accomplished that, changed everything. And so once you can understand your current coding and behavior and what you must let go, then you have to set a plan. And that's what, David, you set a plan. And what's most important when you set a plan? You must make a decision. No matter what, you will execute the plan. You will adjust and to maintain momentum of the plan. And no matter what, you will not quit. And when you do that, you will change everything. I promise you, this is what, what David did is nothing magical because David changed in his life coding the same way I did mine. Exactly. I lost 123 pounds, became a bodybuilder, and then everything else started to change from there on. 
I went into the Navy and it wasn't Bill, it wasn't the old fat Billy that went into the Navy. It was Bill Courtright that went into the Navy. And when that person, I had a whole new identity. Nobody knew me. I could be whoever I wanted to be. And I did it. And I didn't know what I was doing at that time. I didn't know that I was, I was changing my life that way or changing my reality. I just did it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So when you, and you will contest, contest to this also, when you begin this process, you will upset everything in your current reality. I'm going to repeat it. When you begin this process to rewrite your life code, you will upset everything in your current reality. Stay the course and become a seeker of truth, but you will upset everything in your reality. Mm-hmm. A seeker of truth lives life continuously to uncover ever deeper and deeper answers in the endless pursuit to understand and live life. You're trying to understand life. And a seeker of what's true seeks to free himself from illusions and attachments to the past to free themselves from fear. And writing our life code is about living our truth from the creation mind heart connected to our true self and purpose. And just know this. People are always seeking happiness outside themselves and they believe the grass is greener on the other side, right? If I move or I get this, or I get a new job, I'll be happy. If I find a new girlfriend, I'll be happy. If I, if I get, buy a new something, I'll be happy. Just know this. The grass is never greener on the other side because you're always the one that's jumping over the fence. It's always you. And so you're carrying your whole reality just to another area. And eventually that becomes reality. We each create our own reality. And if you create your reality from a fixed mindset, that is the mindset of the valley. That is the mindset of the program coding that was set for you. It's a fixed mindset. You defend your behavior. You defend your routine. You defend your beliefs. You defend an attack. You impose your will on others who are different. That's a fixed mindset. If you create your reality from fixed mindset, here's the truth. Nothing changes. You have the same conflicts, the same challenges, the same problems, the same wants. But if you make a decision to write your life code and move into a growth mindset, you can build the reality you truly desire. When you live life through your created reality, there is a distinction between who you are and the changing experiences of every day. Life begins to happen for you. This is connection to head, heart, and hand. This is living life through our true self and purpose. And this is accepting the present life situation just as it is. This is stress mastery. This is living life in harmony. Mm-hmm. So Dave, I'm going to throw it over to you because you just shifted. It hasn't been that long. But you went through everything we just talked about in today's episode is exactly what you just went through. Yeah, the, the when you said that everything around you will be kind of rattled and kind of shaken up. That That is the truth. And the Everything. moment that I started to see that, I actually started to have empathy for other people because that, that's when I started to realize that the friends or the people around me that weren't really affected by it weren't the ones that held me to those old programs, but the ones closest to me, my grandma, you know, like mm-hmm. family, things like that. They were the ones that kind of helped embed this programming, you know, 
and that's where I realized that it shook them up the most, you know, yes. because I, I am a part of their lives, whether we don't think about it like that, you know, when you see them. But then I started to realize that that means you're stuck in the same programming. And, you know, you look at somebody's age and stuff like that. It's like, wow. So if you don't realize that, then you start to have a different look on things when it, when it came to that. And that's where I realized that having a goal, it helped me create these decisions easier because before I had the goals, it's sleeping in on a Sunday. Who cares? I can wake up whenever the hell I want, you know, but when you have a goal, you make sure you get up and that where it kind of puts you, like I said, those crossroads always came in. Yeah. You can sleep in. I have nothing to do today or no, I should get in and get ahead of myself and set myself for the week. And, and that's where I started to realize that that was the two identities kind of waking up in the morning on the Sunday. Old David just wanted to sleep and yes, who cares, you know, but, New David's like, oh, I have to get my meals in. And if I if I yep. just wake up early today, the rest of the week's going to be easy. And that's why I realized I was forward thinking versus kind of getting pulled back in. How about the disruption with the family at family gatherings the first year? Um, Talk about that a little. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's interesting because the first, the, the first few, I couldn't tell you because I decided not to go. Yes, and, that was and, true. Um, the reason why I did it is because I knew that I was still old David and, and that's because it was still challenging because I, I, I did. And, and when I say that this transformation, I'm not saying I did it perfect. I, I failed in between multiple times. Well, that's like part that's, of the transformation. Yeah, so I, I understood that yeah. I'm still kind of susceptible to failing at certain things. So I didn't put myself in situations where I was prone to fail and so not telling my family and stuff was an issue. Can I ask a question on that? So when you did that, did you feel you were doing that from the capital S being selfish for you, for, for your, for your, for your betterment, or did you feel guilty at all as a little S when you were going through that process or did you have pretty good clarity of why you did it? Yeah, no, I, I was, it was definitely a, a capital S selfish because I, I saw it in twofold one. I'm not ready to do this. And I know if I do go and I do cheat on my diet or, you know, don't get to sleep on time that it's just to make them happy and not me happy. At the end of the day, I know if I would have did that, there would have been some level of resentment that would have went to them and they're innocent in the whole situation. Right. So it was like a double edged sword where I'm pissed off at them because I couldn't say no. And that wasn't right for them. And that was also why I told people, like, I don't tell people what I was doing in the beginning because I didn't have to explain it, you know, because if they don't understand it, they're not going to understand it. It's not for them. It's for me. And the moment where I started to come around, oh, look who finally showed up. And I told them, like, yeah, I've lost like 80 something pounds. And they're like, oh, the the want to encourage me to eat bad or drink or something like that. They took the guilt when they asked now. Yep. Rather but they the still asked. But the, instead of the other ask, way yeah. around, because I would feel yeah. guilty for saying no, yeah. now they felt more guilty for saying, hey, you want a drink? And I think it's just their old habit. You know, they're stuck in a program that is normal, which everybody around as far as group was normal. I was the outsider. Right. So I always say you can't get mad at the group because you're the one that changed. Now, here's what you listen to David very carefully. That is rising self-worth. When you have high self-worth, you can make a decision like that without guilt because you have the ability to create a boundary because he just knew where he was in the situation. And so it's not him being selfish and avoiding anything. It's him realizing that I'm on my mountain 
and I'm at a very crucial point. And if I don't take care of me right now, I'm going to fall back in the valley. And there's nothing worse. We've all fallen back in the valley. That's some dark shit. And when you've made a lot of momentum on the mountain, the last thing you want to do is go back down there. You just don't want to, especially when you have the momentum that you had built. And now you can go to anywhere you want. Everybody knows this new identity because it's been, when you rewrite your identity, your coding, after time, it does take time, people start to realize this new, uh, this new identity. And their old perception of you goes away and they stop trying to um, sabotage you. They don't sabotage you on purpose, but they stop trying to have the expectation. They don't have the expectations of the old identity anymore. You've had consistent behavior. Now, now everybody knows you as this identity, correct? Yeah, and, and that's just for regular situations. Because most of the time when I used to talk about his friends wanting to go out and drink and, and stay out to 2, 3 in the morning. And one, we, I've had a conversation with one of the older bodybuilders that are in my gym now. And we were talking about kind of the identities and stuff. He goes, you wouldn't ask a, a gamble addict to go to Las Vegas. He goes, even though it's a city, he goes, what's around there? Temptation for it. He goes, and, and even though it's you invite him to the house to play cards, you're not gambling, but that's a temptation that can trigger that. So it's the same way where you hang around with people who were always causing temptation, even if they're not, you're not ready to not accept the temptation. And I, I thought that was one of the greatest things is that why put yourself in a situation if you're not strong enough or kind of backed by your, your reasoning enough yeah. to say no. Because then if you say, yeah, you're, you're the only one that you can kind of be mad about, you have to be prepared for situations that will take you back. And that's, that is stage four, people. What you're hearing from David, and that's why I wanted to get this in and, have, and get his point of view on that, is that's what stage four looks like. What shifted was all life, five life categories, but the big shift was his relationship life category. And it's not relationship with Vanessa. It was with himself and his self-worth being able to set his boundaries without feeling guilty and knowing that he is important and, and, and what he's working on is more important than trying to fit in and belong into the group. Mm -hmm. You have to understand. He understands it. It's not the group's fault. We changed. And when we change, it's on us. We're the ones that made the change. We can't be mad at them because they don't know. Yeah. Right? 100%. Anything else you want to close this? You good? No, That's I a think good this one. Is a, it's a really good one. I think if you can good get job. this, you, you would definitely understand why you fall back. And like I said, your why just has to be bigger than your reason. Yep. Of, you know, letting Absolutely. Go. That's it for today's show. Our mission here is the greatest shift in the planet. You can join us on this mission by simply like, share, and subscribe. The links are right below the show notes. As always, until next time, stay inspired.